joining us right now from The Athletic uh, with his Sacramento roots. Originally from Pleasanton and uh, best known nationally as uh, Drunk Neighbor John's neighbor, the one and the only Samuel Amick. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, David. How are you, sir? Hey, are you busy this morning at all? I already used that joke. Oh, you did? Sorry. Uh, you know, getting the kids uh, the kids go to the in-laws during the day for virtual schooling. So we uh, dropped them off, ready to roll. But, yeah. you know, a few things going on. Will you be doing any Zoom television interviews today uh, in front of a bookshelf? I will not be. I will not be. Okay. Um, but, I, you know, I'm ready for it. The wife gave me a haircut yesterday. So, oh, boy. You know, oh. I'm looking snazzy. Oh. Oh. <laughs> did, did she bust out the Floby? <laughs> she, we've upgraded. Uh, so in the very beginning of pandemic life, uh, we had some very old trimmers and, and uh, clippers that uh, when they touched your, your head, they, they, they really kind of ripped the hair out rather yeah. than cut it. Yeah, you got to oil them. Ow. You got to oil them. Yeah, 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 yeah thank yeah. you. Learned about the oil yeah. the, the hard oil. way. Yeah. But uh, the, you can use vegetable oil. It works. Just telling you. Uh, you know what else works, Sam, is uh, Pam, non, uh, uh, the cooking spray. It's a true story. Helping wow. you out. I'm helping wow. you here, dude. All right. Okay. Appreciate it. But, yeah, you know, I'm ready for Zoom, ready for anything. Okay. Um, so before we get into the draft, and, and Kings fans are uh, ecstatic for the most part about uh, – what happened yesterday? We'll talk about that. We we don't want to be downers here, so we're going to get the other stuff out of the way. Uh, you broke the story yesterday that the uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich trade to Milwaukee uh, was on the ropes, if not knocked out entirely. I, I'm just not going to give you a giant lead in here. Can you catch us up on what you saw and where you think it stands right now? Um. It's funny in, in real time, and this is the fun part of the job. Um, um, so, I mean, my I guess to answer your question, my understanding as of last night, and I'm just getting rolling today, was that uh, it was not going to happen. Now, you know, I didn't know ultimately where Bogdan was going to wind up, but it seemed like there were issues relating to a bunch of things, um, you know, everything from – if you remember the the holiday move, holiday going from New Orleans to Milwaukee, yeah, kind of in succession with um, with the Bodon move, and so it's like if you're Bodon, you're going okay. Milwaukee sounds good. I'll be on a title contender, and it'll be me and Giannis and Chris Middleton. And then it's like, oh wait, okay, now it's Drew Holiday too, and that that makes the team better, but that pushes Bodon down the the um, totem pole a little bit. And then there was a ripple effect on his money and. So things were, were getting, you know, kind of squirrely. And beyond that, there was the strong assertion from his camp that, you know, that they just, I mean, this is where it gets tricky. As you guys know, free agency doesn't technically begin until tomorrow. Right. And he's a restricted free agent. And so, you know, it's like there's this gray area where these teams try to do a, a trade where you have a sense of what kind of money would work for a prospective free agent, but you're technically not allowed to talk to him. But obviously there were conversations here. Um, so bottom line, the assertion was that he had not agreed to this and that it wasn't going to happen. Um, now, as we sit here talking, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, 
Um, I think last night, my buddy and, and a guy who I do respect a lot from ESPN, Brian Windhorst, mm-hmm. uh, went on their network, and, and I haven't watched it yet. Somebody just texted me about it, but I think I'm safe in saying that, that he was handicapping it as this thing would still get done with Milwaukee mm-hmm. and that Bogdan does want to be there. Now, just being candid, that's not my understanding. Now, we're only as good as the people we're talking to, sure. like always. So um, we'll see. But yesterday there was a great deal of angst from all parties. And, you know, it, it, it on the Buck side, <laughs> not to be dramatic, there was – there was kind of a darkness about their reaction that uh, that left me in a state of mind where I'd be very surprised if it got revived. Like, like there were some hard feelings here. Um, so, can I ask you, or do you know hard feelings between Bucks and and Bogey's camp? Hard feelings between Bucks and Kings? Do we know where the hard feelings are directed? Do we even want to speculate? I don't have any clarity about the Kings' culpability here, and I don't have anybody killing the Kings. Okay. Um, Oh, I've got a lot of people so, killing the Kings, though, over here, Sam. Just yeah, to... <laughs> I'm sure you do. Right. It's funny because, you know, Dave, you, like always, we talked offline. Um, I think I told this to you last night when we chatted, like, about my my front porch chat with good old neighbor John, who yep. we talk about everyone. And, like, John was making a valid point to me is he's a Kings fan, and so I walk him through some of the nuance of the situation and why – maybe it wasn't fair to, to kill the Kings in this situation. Uh, and, and and he made the point where he's like, well, not everybody gets to talk to you personally about it to, to get talked off the ledge or to a Carmichael Dave and then say, okay, maybe they do kind of know what they're doing. Like it just, I understand why Kings fans will immediately jump to more of the same. Right. Uh, but I don't, for me, I don't necessarily think that's the case on this one. Um, the hard feelings are, the Bucks definitely feel played. Um, you know, they're not giving specific accusations, but you know, um, there's you know the direction of not Bogdan per, uh, personally, but his agent and his camp. You know, there's been a lot of focus in that direction. Sam Mavic from the Athletic joining us this morning. Sam, do you get the sense though? Let's. I know we're, we're speaking in theoretics here, but, you know, that deal never comes to fruition with the Bucks and the Kings and Bogey. I would imagine, though, there's going to be a pretty robust market for him in the sense of he's going to get paid as a restricted free agent. Do you envision any scenario where the Kings will match and actually bring him back next year? Um, I mean, I don't, but full disclosure, that's just me, you know, kind of guessing on it. I don't have a lot of intel uh, right now from how they see him. I mean, when last I had taken a pulse on it, you know, I'm talking six weeks ago, uh, kind of when the front office was just getting started, the message sent was that, that, uh, you know, he was a guy they wanted to retain and they, they liked him. But then, you know, you now know for sure that as, you know, they talked to several teams about signing trade possibilities, the, the asking price was a, rookie scale, you know, talented young player who's on his rookie scale contract. And then, uh, and then a, a pick that was kind of what they were after. And that, that also is, you know, I think there with the Milwaukee situation, I think there were other iterations of this trade that did involve a pick. And then when the bucks did the holiday deal, they didn't have any picks anymore. 
And so that changed things. But to your initial question about the Kings bringing them back, you know, I don't know. If you're out there talking to a bunch of teams with that kind of an asking price, it definitely sends the message that you don't think it would behoove you to to pay this guy market value. And that's the spot that they are in because of the contract given to Buddy Hield. You know, it's I think that's the the main one I would look at. And obviously with De'Aaron Fox's extension forthcoming and things like that, but and, and giving Harrison Barnes that money is that in a vacuum, I think you pay Bogdan. He's a really good player, and market value is going to be like 18, 19 million. I know that sounds like a lot, but I think that's fair. But you know that contract in the within the context of what the Kings already have on the books, I just don't think makes sense. Sam Amick with us. Uh, we're in speculation land now. You're a real journalist. I am not, so I can swim there. It, it just when you're looking at all the pieces here, and we'll, we'll move on to the draft here in a second. When you're looking at everything going on and the timing, am I out of this world tinfoil hat thinking, okay, deal's done. Um, Bogey's cool with going to to Milwaukee, uh, playing for a contender. Uh, I, I understand he he and Giannis know each other a bit, or at least have have some sort of contact. Um, and then uh, the Drew Holiday trade happens. That's what really bothers me is that the Holiday trade and the Bogey trade happen so close to each other. Uh, is it even possible that hey, before the Drew Holiday trade, uh, everything was cool? He, he's going to be uh, an option. They're going to have money, whatever. Then after the Drew Holiday hap- uh, trade happens, that maybe oh things have changed. And nobody checked with Bogey. I mean, is that tinfoil hat stuff? Um, I mean, the nobody checked thing, I don't know. I mean, I do. I was told, and it's pretty believable, that like when the news broke on Monday, you know, he was jumping on the phone calling the people who you would call saying, what the hell? You know, um, and was pretty surprised by it. And I, I just, but I don't, I mean, the holiday thing I do think played a part. I just don't know the sequence of events. And the other thing that you guys know, because you watched him and enjoyed his game, you know, since he came over, is this guy has a very, like, with very good reason, he's got a really high opinion of his, his himself and a lot of confidence. And, like, he kind of had to be talked into even coming stateside to become an NBA player. And, like, um, point being that being a fourth option, even on a title contending team, it, it, it makes a lot of sense to me that he had to, to really think twice about that. Right. You know, it's again, it's one thing to be, you know, number three when you're talking about players the caliber of Giannis and Chris Middleton. And Drew Holiday is a wonderful player, but there's only one ball. There's only so many shots. And if Bogey wanted to be featured more prominently, which he had been with the Kings once they put Buddy into the six-man role, um, then I, I, it makes a lot of sense to me why he wasn't digging it basketball wise and then my understanding is that again his number potentially his financial number had dipped because of the holiday move and and then was like significantly below market value you know if you're if you're and i don't know the hard numbers but if you're now talking about 15 million a year um that's different than 18 so i do think the holiday trade played a part Sam, from a potentially outgoing guard in bogey to a now incoming guard in Tyrese Halliburton, uh, how shocked were you that he was available at 12 for the Kings yesterday? So I didn't uh, – it's funny. My my disclaimer is that I, I was probably less tapped into the draft this year in terms of talent and knowing these guys than ever. We have 
the whole draft staff at the athletic fan Vicini does an awesome job. And so I felt weird last night watching going, man, I really don't know my stuff with these guys, but I knew enough to know that Halliburton, you know, was a guy that got talked about, you know, as almost the top five talent in, in a lot of circles. And then you started seeing, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, he's still on the board. And the commentary is, is, you know, focusing on the fact that how surprising it is that he's still on the board. So it was obviously a shocker. And, I mean, after a day that I'm sure was stressful and not very much fun for the Kings group, it had to be enjoyable to not only get him, um, and I would love to know, I don't know, you know, where he was on their board uh, in terms of the entire draft landscape. That would be fascinating. But to not only get your guy, but then, you know, on ESPN, you just, it's not, you guys know better than anybody. It's few and far between that on the national network, they're sitting there, keeping praise upon something the Kings did. And uh, Bobby Marks, who I like a lot on ESPN, you know, made comments about the Kings winning the draft and, and just having a wonderful day. So, and he seems like a, a great kid too. That's the thing. I, I loved uh, a tweet that I got, I saw from Bill Oram, our guy who covers the Lakers, who used to cover Luke Walton down in LA. Um, he said something about how, he said, after uh, surviving the LeVar Ball experience, Luke Walton deserves Tyrese Halliburton's father. <laughs> you know, yeah. so by all accounts, he's a, he's a character and a wonderful guy. So it seems like Tyrese should fit in well. I also loved in his interview, I mean, the dude's 20 years old. Yeah. It's pretty impressive for him to sit there and, and with a lot of comfort and having it seem really authentic. He was dropping J. Will, yep. C. Webb, Vlade, you know, Doug, all those references to the teams that, the, you know, your listeners love so much. Uh, somebody gave him the blueprint on how to ingratiate yourself pretty quickly in Sacramento. One last thing as Sam Amick joins us from The Athletic. Uh, let's let's go 90 miles down the down the uh, the, the path. Now, listen, the Warriors have had plenty. Do we have of, to? Uh, you know, I know, I know. I mean, uh, on the surface, Warriors have had plenty of success. I'm not going to feel bad for them success-wise. On the when you go below the surface, though, nobody wants to see injuries. Clay Thompson is a wonderful, wonderful part of the NBA. Uh, by all accounts, wonderful person. Obviously, phenomenal player. Uh, this was, you know, I don't like using the word tragic when, unless it involves something tragic. But this is just such a developing, sad, sad situation for Clay and for the Warriors. I, I haven't seen anything official yet, Sam, but we've been down this rodeo before. You always want to be careful when speculating about injury, but the the right people, air quotes, are are, are sounding the alarm that this, this sounds like an Achilles situation, which would almost certainly keep him out the entire year. So where are you at if you're Bob Myers and the Warriors taking emotion out of the equation? you you got to probably figure something out. you got the number two pick on Wiseman yesterday. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what you do. Um, I do. I know you said take the emotion out of it. That's kind of where I'm stuck. It, right. It, I keep this is big, big, big picture. But I, I even talked to my wife about it yesterday. I was like, you know, the whole cliche, it's, you know, money doesn't buy happiness. Like these dudes are filthy rich. I get it. But like this poor guy loves to hoop. He's yeah. he's the definition of a hooper. And it's, you know, I mean, we were actually talking about Clay and Steph and comparing them. And I was like, you know, if this happened to Steph, it would obviously be he he would be miserable. Yeah. But he has Steph has a lot of other stuff going on. He's 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 got his family. He's got. I mean, Clay has businesses, but Clay's a single dude who plays ball. Yep. That's what he does. Yep. Um, and he's an absolute competitor, and I love watching him play basketball. And uh, it just kills me that 
he's you know very possibly going to be out for two straight years in his prime. You cannot get that time back. Doesn't matter how much money is going into his bank account. So thinking about him and that sucks. I don't know what the Warriors do. Um, I just don't see them. You know, yesterday was the day to to maybe kind of take a swing on a. You know, you, there was rumblings about like an Aaron Gordon or even a Blake Griffin or um, a Ben Simmons, something like that. And, and maybe, who knows, I don't know if they could still put something together. But, you know, Steph, I mean, the, the ripple effect here um, is that Steph is also on the back end of his prime and Steph needs help. And, and Draymond's, I would argue, even farther in the back end of his prime. And so, um, yeah, I mean, this is a, a, a group that, kept telling us that, you know, we shouldn't act like the dynasty is dead, that it was on hold, and here they come. And then just like that, you know, everything's up in the air again. Sam Amick covers the NBA for The Athletic. Sam Amick can be read along with so many of his colleagues, like Matt Barrows, who we had yesterday, Jason Jones, uh, the day before. He mentioned Sam Vecini and so many others uh, that cover everything and just the, the best possible layout possible, all for – Less than a price of uh, hot water for a month, uh, we'll say. Uh, go to theathletic.com and get yourself a subscription today and read Sam and so many more. I uh, know you're busy, buddy, and uh, we'll be in touch, I'm sure, and I appreciate your time as always. Of course. Be good, guys. Right. Thanks. Thank you. That's Sam Amick.